Super Bowl, Super Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Weekly Cheese. It's the Week 9 preview. The Packers, they're on the road again, this time in Kansas City, to take on a Chiefs team that is 4-4 four and four and looking to get their season back on track. The Packers, on the other hand, they're sitting pretty at the top of the NFL's power rankings. Despite numerous injuries and a COVID outbreak, uh, and unfortunately, the adversity just continues to strike for this Packers team. Uh, things just keep going wrong for them. Uh, this week, the pa last week, the Packers were without Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard due to COVID, and Joe Barry due to COVID. Um, this week, those guys will all be back. But unfortunately, the Packers will be without NFL MVP quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Um, obviously, this week, the Packers, they were in headlines basically all week long. Uh, early in the week, Aaron Rodgers was ruled out for Sunday's game against the Chiefs due to the fact that he had COVID. He tested positive for COVID-19. And, and from that point forward, the headlines just kept piling up. Um, every single day, there was just more and more um, news surrounding the Aaron Rodgers situation uh, about him not being vaccinated, breaking protocol, uh, lying and leading the media on to believe that he was vaccinated when he really wasn't, um, which... In all fairness, that is kind of what happened. And then, of course, he went on the Pat McAfee show uh, yesterday afternoon, and he delivered the Aaron Rodgers pipe bomb, is what I'm going to refer to it as, uh, similar to when CM Punk was angry with John Cena and uh, the WWE brass. He basically halted an entire episode of Monday Night Raw to look dead in the camera, break the fourth wall, and basically just voice his grievances. And Aaron Rodgers had a similar interview with Pat McAfee, a random Friday spot, Friday afternoon, around 1, one o'clock in the afternoon, I believe, Eastern time it was. Aaron Rodgers got on there, and he talked for about 45 minutes. I'm not going to get into exactly what Aaron Rodgers said um, or what I think about what he said or uh, give my commentary on what he said because uh, in all honesty, I don't think anyone cares about what I have to say about the Aaron Rodgers situation. Uh, everyone, everyone since yesterday afternoon has had their own take on exactly what Aaron Rodgers said and everything like that. And I I'm just not going to go – that in-depth regarding um, his his appearance on McAfee, I don't think it's worth the breath. But what I will say about it is um, I historically uh, – I'm an Aaron Rodgers apologist. 
un, unashamed to say it, uh, for basically the last decade, I've been an Aaron Rodgers apologist. Whenever someone says something negative about him, I come to his defense. Whenever there's a questionable headline regarding him, I, I completely disregard it. I preach loudly and proudly uh, an opposite narrative as to whatever criticism is being thrown Aaron Rodgers' way. I uh, He's my favorite football player of all time. I believe he's the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, and it's hard, it's hard for me to put into words what Aaron Rodgers being the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers means to me. It's uh, something that I hold dear to my heart, I'm sure. Uh, I was I was ma- making fun of Heineke a couple weeks ago for for loving Brett Favre because um, he you know I was just being a hater because you know he was playing against the Packers. But I'm not special in my love for Aaron Rodgers. I know there's many people out there that love Aaron Rodgers just as much as I do. Um, but I and I will just say that unfortunately I can no longer defend Aaron Rodgers. I can no longer apologize for him. Um, and if, as far as what happened yesterday on the McAfee show, it's uh, I'm not going to defend it. Uh, I don't think he handled the situation properly. Um, and, of course, he said some very questionable things throughout the entire 45-minute ordeal. Um, I'm done defending him, for at least for the time being. Uh, I will no longer get on anyone who says a bad thing. The next time someone sees I'm a Packers fan and decides to call Aaron Rodgers arrogant or a mean name, I will no longer I will not go to bat for him. That's what I'll say about it. Uh but he's still Aaron Rodgers. He's still my favorite quarterback of all time. He's still my favorite football player of all time and ultimately I want to see him continue to be the the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, that will not change just because uh, he might believe some different things than I believe. Uh, and with that being said, the Packers have Jordan Love. They've drafted Jordan Love, and as of right now, um, instead of focusing on the Aaron Rodgers situation and everything that has gone down over the last week with this whole ordeal, instead of focusing on that, uh, I believe it's more constructive and uh a better use of everyone's time if us as Packer Nation just came together and focused all our energy on backing Jordan Love. Um, Jordan Love is is going to be starting on Sunday. It's going to be his first career start. Goot traded up. Everyone else Goot traded up in the first round to get him. Uh, he is the heir apparent to Aaron Rodgers. He, he is supposed to be the future of the Green Bay Packers and on Sunday, it will be our first um, glimpse at Jordan Love in real primetime football. Sunday is a huge football game between the Packers and the two-time back-to-back AFC champion Kansas City Chiefs. And Jordan Love is going to be in charge of keeping the seven-game win streak alive uh, in his NFL debut. Luckily for him, so before I get into that, I just one last time, let's just come together and back Jordan Love. He needs all the support. Um, it's a crazy situation. He did not ask to be a part of it, uh, but we're here now, and it's time to back Jordan Love. And I and I couldn't be more confident going into Sunday's game because luckily for him, uh, he should have all the Packers' weapons at his disposal: Lazard, 
MVS, Devontae, they're all scheduled to return. And hopefully having all three of those guys on the field together for the first time since week four will give Jordan Love all the support he needs to put some points on the board uh, against what is a very weeks, uh, a weak Chiefs defense. Uh, and I hope to see Jordan Love find the open man consistently because someone is going to be open. The Chiefs secondary is not having a good year whatsoever. They're giving up nearly 270 passing yards a game. Um, and with all of the Packers wide receivers back, one of them is bound to be open. Um, whether it's Devontae, Lazard, MVS, Randall, uh, EQ, Malik Taylor, who knows? Someone is bound to be open going up against this Chiefs secondary. Uh, and this is perhaps the weakest front seven the Packers have faced all year long. The Chiefs only have 11 sacks on the season, which is the second least in the entire NFL. And they're very poor against the run. They're giving up 121 rushing yards per game. Um, needless to say, the edges will be secured by whoever's out there. Billy Turner, uh, he's going to have the right the right edge locked down, as always. And if Bakhtiari is able to return, he'll without a doubt have the left taken care of. Uh, and if Bakhtiari decides this week isn't the one and next week will be the week he comes back, then Elton Jenkins will obviously start a left tackle and handle business like he has been all season long. It's no secret that Elton Jenkins is uh, a premier talent as an offensive lineman. Plays all five positions on the offensive line at a Pro Bowl level, and no one is concerned when Elton Jenkins is out there at left tackle. But the trio of Runyon, Patrick, and Newman, that's a different story. They have shown some weaknesses throughout the year. Uh, granted, they have gone up against some stellar defensive fronts. Um, but on Sunday, they cannot allow the pocket to fold on Jordan Love from the interior. Uh, Chris Jones, he's the main guy to keep an eye on on the Chiefs' defense, especially up front. Uh, he's by far the best player on their defensive line, and he cannot get going from the inside, whether he's lined up on the right and he and he's taken on Runyon. Uh, he, 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 Runyon needs to stop him and, and block for the run. They need, he needs to open up lanes with Chris Jones in there, uh, and, and he needs to protect Jordan Love when it's time to protect the pass. I mean, He's really the one guy on the Chiefs' defensive line that could wreck the game. And the interior trio of Runyon, Patrick, and Newman cannot let it happen. I don't suspect they will. I think they're going to have a great day considering this might be a breath of fresh air for them considering they've taken on some ferocious defensive lines over the past four or five weeks. And ultimately, with Aaron Rodgers being out, the Packers are going to need to rely on their running game a little bit more. I mean, last week against the Cardinals, A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones were absolutely phenomenal. And they need to have another dominant performance on the ground, just like they had Thursday night against the Arizona Cardinals. On Thursday, the Packers possessed the ball for nearly 39 minutes, and it was all thanks to the great day they had running the football. Um, the Packers ran for 151 total yards on Thursday. Uh, and a similar day is going to be needed without Aaron Rodgers under center. I mean, 
Aaron Rodgers does so many things out there that we don't even know about. He he's so in control when he's playing quarterback that he makes up for a lot. And unfortunately, in Jordan Love's first career start, he isn't going to have the keen eye for picking apart defensive uh, coverages and, and looks like Aaron Rodgers. So it's going to be up to Matt LaFleur to scheme up a game plan where the Packers are running the ball hard down the throat of the Chiefs, wearing them down with the run, and just completing high percentage open looks through the air. Needs to be a effective and efficient game plan from start to finish for this offense. And of course, it's going to be interesting to see Jordan Love in there. And I hope he exceeds expectations. However, if the Green Bay Packers have any chance of winning this game, it's going to happen on the defensive side of the football. The Packers' defense is going to need to come ready to play and shut down the Chiefs' primary playmakers. Specifically, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Opposing teams have had good success this season against the Chiefs when running a cover two. And luckily for the Green Bay Packers, they have the most consistent safety tandem in the league. Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage, they're going to be making plays all over the field on Sunday. They're going to be the two high safeties. And they're just going to take away everything over top from Kelsey and Hill. Eric Stokes, he has another challenge on his hands. Week in and week out, this rookie corner has a new challenge that he needs to face at the beginning of his career here. So far this season, he's guarded Jamar Chase, Allen Robinson, Terry McLaurin, DeAndre Hopkins, kind of. And he's done all right. Last week, he didn't have his best game of the season. He gave up four receptions for 79 yards. The majority of the, the, that production coming from DeAndre Hopkins. Um, but on the season, Eric Stokes has been all right. He's been the number one corner on the team since week four. Uh, and, and he's been targeted 48 times. He's allowing just a 54% completion percentage and an 84 passer rating. It's not the best numbers from Eric Stokes, but they're solid considering the talent level he's been going up against week in and week out. And this week, his challenge is Tyreek Hill. Uh, Eric Stokes is going to need every bit of his 4-3 speed to keep up with Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is the fastest wide receiver in the league. I believe that's a, a well-accepted notion at this point about Tyreek Hill and how fast that man is. Uh, and he just needs to do his absolute best at keeping Tyreek Hill in front of him and not allowing the big play over top. Uh, Tyreek Hill, he, he kills defenses with the deep ball. In, it's just impossible to keep up with them. But luckily, Stokes does have the speed to do so. And he has a challenge on his hands, to say the least. And when it comes to defending Travis Kelsey, um, it's another tough ask for any defense. Um, Travis Kelsey is easily the best receiving tight end in the National Football League. Uh, it's nearly impossible to shut him down completely. In fact, I don't think any team has ever successfully shut out Travis Kelsey. He's always making a play or two. But it does seem as if throwing a cornerback at him 
and jamming him at the line uh, yields the best results when trying to slow him down. Look for Rasul Douglas to be the one to take on this task of jamming Kelsey at the line. I mean, Rasul Douglas has been nothing short of amazing since joining the Green Bay Packers. He stands at six foot two, weighs 210 pounds, so he has the size and the strength to suppress Travis Kelsey uh, as better, but as good as anyone on the Packers defense. And if and when the Packers do decide to throw a linebacker in there and have a linebacker cover Travis Kelsey, they're in good hands. Travis Kelsey on the year is toasting linebackers. I believe it's something crazy like there's three incompletions thrown to Travis Kelsey's way when a linebacker's covering him or something crazy like that. But Devondre Campbell, he's one of the best linebackers of the National Football League. It's confirmed at this point. Just this past week, he was voted the NFC's Defensive Player of the Month, and he's been great in coverage all season long. He's allowing just a 71 passer rating and six yards per catch, not to mention he has two interceptions this year already. Um, and he's going to need to just come to play and play exactly how he has all season long. Devontae Campbell is easily the, the glue holding the Packers' defense together. He was a saving he, he saved the Packers' defense with his play as the interior linebacker. And congratulations to Devondre on winning Defensive Player of the Month. I know he's not content with that, and neither are we. Devondre Campbell is making a case for an all-pro nod this season, and he's going to continue it by playing some great defense against Travis Kelsey and the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, in order to make life easy for this Packers' secondary and in order to ensure that this secondary has the greatest opportunity for success against these high-powered weapons that the Chiefs have at their disposal, uh, the Packers are going to need to get after Patrick Mahomes and cause him to make ill-advised throws under pressure. Uh, he's been doing it all season long, Pat Mahomes. He, he The Chiefs lead the league in turnovers. Um, so it's imperative that the Packers continue to get after the quarterback this week. Unfortunately for the Packers, the injuries just seem to keep piling up for them. Although there is a possibility that Kevin King returns from injury this week, Kingsley Kiki has officially been ruled out of Sunday's game with the concussion that he suffered on Thursday night against the Cardinals. And unfortunately, out of left field, Dean Lowry has officially been listed as questionable with a hamstring injury. I'm not entirely sure when Dean suffered this hamstring injury. Uh, I hope Dean can go. Dean's been playing great football this season. Uh, but if he can't go, the Packers' defensive line is going to be very thin. They're going to be relying on guys like Tyler Lancaster, TJ Slayton, and potentially even undrafted Jack Heflin to come in and, and take snaps. If he can't go, Lancaster's definitely going to get a bump in snaps, especially with Kiki being out. Slayton's going to see a huge jump in snaps with both those guys being out. And Heflin will definitely need to come in and play the Billy Wynn role that we all had him penciled in as coming into the year. And with the potential of this interior weakness along the Packers' defensive line, combined with the fact that the Chiefs 
have a great interior offensive line. It's going to be up to the Packers edge rushers to bring the heat. I mean, it really is. Rashawn Gary this season has 37 quarterback pressures, and he really could have himself a day against the Chiefs. He's going to be matched up with a rookie right tackle uh, playing as a backup, he had to come in and start the past couple re- couple weeks. His name is Lucas Niang. He's given up over 20 pressures this season already. And Rashawn Gary has been getting after quarterbacks every single week. And I expect that to continue on Sunday. Fortunately for the Packers, Preston Smith said in his press conference that he is back to 100% which is great news, and I believe that he and Whitney Merciless are going to win their matchup against Orlando Brown on the left side, and these edge rushers are going to have themselves a day. When Aaron Rodgers was ruled out, the line for the game immediately shifted, and the Packers became huge underdogs to a Chiefs team that has looked nothing but average to start this season. Uh, After the week the Packers have had in the media, it really seems as if no one expects them to win this game. Um, But I am here to tell you all, listening right now out there in Packer Nation, that the Packers are going to win this game. Matt LaFleur has gotten off to the best start in head coaching history. Uh, He has, and many people say it is strictly due to the fact that that Aaron Rodgers has been under center. That does help, no doubt about it. But this is the moment right here where Matt LaFleur shows everyone and lets everyone know that he has a good deal to do with it as well. I believe he's going to have this team ready to go, firing at all cylinders. The entire team and Packer Nation alike have rallied behind Jordan Love, and I believe he is going to show everyone why Brian Gutenkunst traded up in the first round to go out and get him. I believe he's going to conduct the offense efficiently. The Packers are going to run the ball down the Kansas City Chiefs' throat, and when he needs to, Jordan Love is going to find the open man, whether it's Devontae, MVS, Lazard, or one of any of the other very capable playmakers that he has at his disposal. Um, Defensively, the Packers are going to continue to play at the high level that they have all season long. The Chiefs don't run the ball much, but when they do, I believe they will be stopped near and around the line of scrimmage. The Packers are going to get after Patrick Mahomes. They're going to force him to try to make a spectacular play like he loves to do. And when he does, they're going to turn him over, just like they have every team the past seven weeks. This defense has been opportunistic, and they've made a name for themselves this season by coming up with the big play when the team needs it. Their plus eight turnover ratio is amongst the league's best, and they're going up against a Chiefs team that is number one in the league in turnovers and this Packers team is going to have a couple of chances to come away with the ball against Pat Mahomes in this in this Kansas City Chiefs offense I believe when it's all said and done that the Packers come away with the victory 
and win this game 28-24 to in a total team effort led by Jordan Love. That's going to do it for this episode of the Weekly Cheese. Before we get out of here, like always on the pregame preview, we're going to send it over to Chris's Corner for his Locks of the Week. All right. What's going on, Cheeseheads? I come to you off a two-and-two week, so not good, not bad, but ah, the board is not looking good this week. There's uh, various injuries, various off-field drama I'm not even going to get into that has teams looking a little bit funky, but I fooled myself with that Lions pick last week along with the rest of the country. I thought they'd find their first W, but I'm done with them. I'm off the Lions. I should have been off the Lions this whole time. Whatever. Let's go. To start us off this week, I want to build off of whatever momentum I've developed for myself, and we have the Battle of Ohio. I think the Bengals come out on top here. I don't like the Browns secondary at all, really, so if the the Bengals can pass protect for Joe Burrow, I think the Joe Joe Burrow show will uh, just torch the Browns secondary, and I think uh, it'll be a good game, but I think the Bengals come out on top in the Battle of Ohio. Um, I also think people are disrespecting the Falcons this week. I mean, I have no clue what's going on in the Saints quarterback room, and they really, quite frankly, haven't looked good with Jameis. I mean, Jameis has looked okay, but Kyle Pitts is heating up week by week, and he's kind of masking what is an okay Matt Ryan and making up for a lot of his mistakes. But I think the Falcons come out on top down in NOLA. Next, we're staying with the Pats. The Pats are, you know, on fire, and the Panthers are trending downwards. The Patriots haven't given me a reason to stop picking them, so this one was pretty easy. Almost a no-brainer. We got the Pats over the Panthers. Next, a team I pick often, but I like the Chargers over the Eagles. The Eagles are like a semi-fraudulent, confused, identity-less team, in my opinion, right now. I mean, their clowning of the Lions proves basically nothing to me, and and the Chargers are off that devastating loss to the Patriots. They want to get themselves right, get themselves proper, and I think they're still good. So Chargers over the Eagles in Philadelphia, them coming east. I don't I don't really take into account that that stuff anymore, but Chargers over the Eagles. Last but not least, I'm not just taking this because I'm speaking on the weekly cheese, but I think the Packers come out on top over the Chiefs. They put together a nice W last week without some key pieces, and, you know, they get some key pieces back this week, but they lose a very important, irreplaceable piece. But, I mean, Jordan Love has weapons surrounding him. He definitely wants to keep the momentum rolling, and I think they they come out with the upset. That's going to do it for me this week, Cheeseheads. I'll check back in next week. Go Pack Go! Go Pack Go! Indeed. That's going to do it for this episode of the Weekly Cheese. As always, if you enjoyed this week's episode, feel free to subscribe below, uh, like the video, comment uh, any thoughts you have, good or bad. If you hate the content, dislike the video. I really don't care. But if you do like the content, make sure to follow us on Instagram at theweekly.cheese. Follow us on TikTok 
at theweeklycheese.podcast on Twitter, at the Weekly Cheese. You can also find the podcast on Spotify, at the Weekly Cheese. The Weekly Cheese is everywhere. Uh, go find it. Also, check out theweeklycheese.com. Uh, I'll talk to you all after the game. The, the Weekly Cheese recaps probably going to be coming out on Tuesday this upcoming week. Got an obligation to tend to on Monday. But until then, as always, remember, the cheese stands alone. And I'll talk to you all next week, everyone. Go Pack! <laughs>